Welcome to the Future of Australia podcast, where your host, Derek Stewart, interviews the entrepreneurs and founders running the 100 fastest growing new businesses in Australia. On episode 32, I interview Vamsi Krishna, the founder and director of TechForce Services a Salesforce development and cloud technology consulting company. We discuss how he continually adapted to new trends and technologies when working as a developer in large corporations, how he used his curiosity to drive ongoing career shifts, leading to him becoming a freelance Salesforce developer and eventually building up a team of 30 staff across Melbourne, Sydney and Canberra, why he follows the data inside an organisation to see where else they can add value to their clients, solving complex business problems with cutting-edge technologies. How he went from being a company with just highly technical staff and no dedicated sales capabilities to growing 64% last financial year, doing over $2 million in annual sales and becoming one of the fastest-growing new businesses in Australia. If you are looking for development and consulting across the entire Salesforce implementation spectrum, building custom applications, and integrating the platform with other on-premise or cloud-based systems, check out techforceservices.com.au. That's T-E-C-H-F-O-R-C-E-S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S.com.au. Okay, I'm here with Vamsi, the founder and director of TechForce Services. Hi, Vamsi. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Derek. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be part of this. Yeah, you're welcome. So, so can you talk us through a bit? What were you doing before you started TechForce Services? What did you study? What types of organizations, companies, roles were you doing beforehand? Coming from the engineering background, specializing in electronics and communication, started working in a bit of embedded systems and then got into application programming, lots of programming, C, C++, matured into .NET. And early 2010, jumped into Salesforce. That's when I got introduced to the cloud. And then the last 10 years is specializing in the cloud uh, programming and application development space. So that's how my pre-TechForce journey started. And so you made a few steps there, like you said, from embedded systems to applications to sort of cloud infrastructure. How did you decide? Because some people sort of get stuck on a technology and sort of stick with that. Other people, I guess, see opportunities. How did you swap or evolve between those different areas you were working in? I think it's it's continuous evolution or evolving of self-personality, right? So you keep doing certain things and then you always asking yourself what's next and then you move from one space to another and especially with the technology industry moving so quickly you need to keep thinking about what what's the next interesting thing you can be part of right so that's how i kept myself updating or upgrading from one space to another and then moving between technologies application development mobile web cloud it's just trying to see where i can focus and specialize myself yeah so sort of looking at the trends looking at what's popular looking at what's in demand again like you said sort of being on that cutting edge and that sort of obviously in your own curiosity drove you to each sort of next logical progression from where you were before yep 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 especially what's going to keep you interesting right so uh, if you get involved and hooked into a certain path and then try to innovate and explore then that's that's always going to be a right right strategy 
Mm, absolutely. And so you're working in these different companies, you're working progressively, more interesting, more cutting edge, newer, evolving technologies. What made you then want to go out on your own and start a business? Was there a specific event that sort of triggered that decision? And what was the first 12 months like uh, being in business? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I think once I moved into Australia in 2010, the first few companies I've been part of, I, I started with a large enterprise organization and moved into a SMB space which had a startup unit in its own and then giving me that exposure in startup, small, medium business kind of thing, how things run independently, how as a individual you can contribute in multiple areas and then start innovating. So that kind of influenced me in go on my own in 2015. So all of Mm -hmm. these different places that I work with in different industries and different sizes of organizations really helped me to set the path in 2015 I started TechForce. Okay and so just going back one step so you mentioned in 2010 you moved to Australia was there a certain life event or goal that sort of motivated that move to to pack up and sort of move overseas and um, work in a whole different country and environment? Yeah it's it's going back to that point of identifying what's next right so it's just Mm. exploring different geographies different work culture or lifestyle and then trying to see where we can specialize and fit in so Mm -hmm. that's one of the things which uh, I was working in Bangalore before that and then uh, just trying to see what other opportunities I can explore and then eventually landed in Sydney. Yeah, and what was sort of the harder move? Was it harder packing up and moving, going from one corporate in Bangalore to Sydney or was it harder going from being inside a big corporate to then being running your own business? So any change is hard, right? <laughs> if it's not <laughs> planned, then it's going to be even harder. And for me, it's always putting some thought process, taking that time, visualizing the journey ahead. And then going through that change, right? It's not like overnight I decided let's move to Sydney or overnight I decided let's quit the job and start something on my own. Everything went through months of thinking, thought process, coming up with a stage-by-stage journey plan. This is how we start. This is how it will be in a year or a couple of years' time. So these are the things we need to make sure we get to that stage that we visualized even before we got started, right? So having that planned, measured approach definitely helped me. And I would still say, yes, it's hard in terms of decision-making because it's a big corporate lifestyle you're giving away and then don't know what's going to happen next, right? Mm. And then same thing, I've been in India for 25 years, close to 29 years before uh, coming to Australia and uh, being grown up there, studied, started working for almost nine years there all my life so it's it's a bit of hard decision definitely but if you think through the process involved and then chunk it down into the individual steps i think the decision making becomes a bit more easier yeah and it sounds like a very engineering sort of mindset as well the process the plan all the steps some people i think a, a bit more spontaneous they just kind of pack up and move one day or they quit their job in anger or frustration and sort of start something new but um but it sounds like you're quite methodical <laughs> and sort of uh, manage the manage the stages and planning and plan to have which is excellent and, and and so okay so so you you had the decision that you again working with these sort of small to medium sized business clients even though you're in a big corporate i guess sort of uh, assisting them and what made 
made you want to start your own business versus perhaps joining a, a sort of a, a smaller business and and working in house for them versus you know starting your own business and having having clients. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's again going back to the alignment of your interests and what you want to do next. So once I started working with the startups and SMB space, and then figured out how things are running here and combining that with my specialization in cloud application development, especially with Salesforce technology. Mm-hmm. I found a space where I can start exploring myself individually rather than being in a corporate or other companies. So that's where I made the transition and then started as an independent consultant freelancing in cloud application development, Salesforce technology space in 2015 and then mm-hmm. under the brand of Techforce Services. And then we gradually grown from one person in mid-2015 to close to 30 people now across Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. Yeah, so you mentioned that growth. Like you said, starting out as a freelance consultant, you've got a team of 30 across three cities now, and your company grew 64% last financial year, increasing annual revenue to over $2 million a year and making one of the fastest-growing new businesses in Australia. So you had that growth from self-employed freelance to to sort of 30 staff um, and and a lot of rapid growth recently. What was that growth like? Was there something that triggered it? And and what was the sort of positive and negative experience of that rapid growth? It's a mix of everything. <laughs> so again, it goes back into the nothing happens overnight, right? So it's mm. not like uh, things suddenly changed in 2019 or 20. It's been happening gradually from 2015 onwards. Like we were hiring one or two people every quarter, right? So mm. that gradual expansion and then thinking about, yes, we have done this in Sydney. What's next? Let's look into Melbourne. Yes, we have done this in Sydney, Melbourne. What's next? Then we have gone into Canberra. We started working with enterprises. We started supporting state governments, and then we moved into national, federal space as well. So that's how, step by step, we are taking it forward, and then bringing in the right people across sales, marketing, technology, project management, delivery, everything, help putting this together. Yeah, and sort of stepping back five years when you had just stepped out and you're a sort of freelance consultant, did you plan to build up a team and multiple offices or at that point were you just looking to get some clients and sort of, you know, replace your corporate income but being independent? Learning on the job. <laughs> <laughs> once once you get started, it's going back into identifying what you're doing right, what you're not doing so good, where the gaps are, try to bring in the right people to help you scale the gap right mm-hmm. so it's not uh, I, I always believe that one person cannot do everything right mm. so it's not just me doing everything and definitely that's not going to scale or it's going to help. it's not going to help so i always uh, think that we should have the right people for the right space so that we can keep delivering and expanding so it's just bringing in the right mix of people to start supporting me in this journey and then that definitely helped us it's a team game. Mm, uh, absolutely. And were there some challenges or missteps? Maybe you brought in the wrong person, you brought people in too quickly, not quickly enough, things like that during that growth journey? Yes, it's especially in consulting and technology space where things go very rapidly. Right? So you need to be kept on top of what's happening. You need to always check back on your decisions going in the right direction or not. You need to keep applying the thought process, your business planning strategies, your roadmap, your resource forecasting, everything needs to come in so that you make those informed decisions. And 
throughout these five years, yes, there has been few ups and downs, but we were able to go back, revise, revisit, and then correct those mistakes so that we can keep moving forward. But is there a specific time that springs to mind, like maybe a lesson you learned the hard way or something, you know, you did one way, like I said, not growing fast enough, growing too fast in, in staffing and hiring and ta- onboarding clients. So then you sort of learn that lesson, of, okay, next time or moving forward, we have to do it this way, a, a sort of, a, you know, a moment that really stands out in your memory? Yes. If we reflect back early part of uh, our journey, we were not doing active marketing. We, we didn't have any sales or business development. Mm-hmm. Everything was done through technology people, right? So right from me and all the hires I had were all application developers or consultants, right? So everyone was technology and engineering mindset, mm-hmm. not into sales, business development or marketing. Probably if you ask me now what could have been done better, we could have brought in some sales marketing capabilities earlier that would have shaped us in a different size now that's one and the other part is external investments right so we are completely bootstrapped Mm self-funded we are not externally funded so given the opportunity probably it's a balanced approach of bringing in external investors maybe who could have helped us scale to a much bigger size now Mm -hmm. but having said that that's not uh, what i've been envisioning right so it's always about how we can keep innovating from a technology perspective. So that's been the primary focus and we have been always on providing the right technology solutions to our customers. And we have been doing that in a one problem at a time kind of phase. Hmm. And I think you get some sort of uh, companies, I'm sure, in your sector who are very sales and marketing driven. So maybe the CEO, the founder is a you know business development, a salesperson coming from a technology services marketing background. They really focus on that side and Again, it may be less tech focused, but it sounds like you're really yourself being an engineer and coming up to that pathway very much technical and engineering driven rather than being sort of sales marketing driven with less lot less focus on the actual technology and quality of the deliverables. Would you agree with that sort of summary? Yeah, yeah. So for the first three, three and a half years until probably early 2019, it was all primarily a bunch of developers, consultants, programmers that was uh, driving the company, right? So, and we were working on some of the most interesting, innovative business problems that we can solve. So it's mostly going through the technology uh, and innovation path that has expanded us in a gradual way. And then the actual growth has come from sort of bigger projects with existing clients as well as sort of word of mouth and getting winning new business based on the back of sort of previous projects you've delivered well? Yeah, yeah. Especially in the Salesforce space, it, it's all... A, a rich community helping each other mm-hmm. and my initial journey uh, is all contributing learning from others contributing back to the community so i'm one of the salesforce mvps uh, most valuable professionals in australia mm-hmm. and i also run the sydney salesforce developer group mm-hmm. so i've kind of grown my network in, online and in person and i've presented a few times in salesforce events in australia and overseas so that's a bit of background i had when i started techforce more of an individual expertise mm-hmm. in salesforce and then that has helped me to start the journey when i jump started in 2015 but then that's just my expertise right so when we are talking about a team game it's bringing everyone else up to the game spirit and then making sure the external world sees us as a 
matured and capable team rather than just one person delivering it so mm. that's a transition which we cautiously and gradually planned in the first two years and then mm-hmm. made sure that people see us as a tech force team rather than just one see as an individual and then we move from that phase an individual expert delivering solutions to a team of experts delivering the right solutions and then from there taking it to enterprises and governments yeah it, and so partnering mean- with the right technology partners Mm. And so it sounds like Salesforce is a very major partner for yourself, as you mentioned, talking at their conferences and being their sort of MVP in these other areas. So you do a lot around the custom development, implementation, workflows, um, reporting in Salesforce. So how did you decide to sort of, I guess, be quite closely aligned with Salesforce? And what are the pros and cons of having a very, I guess, product-focused business model versus perhaps more custom development projects or being more sort of product agnostic? Yeah, so cloud is the next big thing. Back in mm-hmm. 2010, right? So everyone was talking about cloud technologies and Salesforce is one of the pioneers in cloud technologies, especially in CRM space. And they've built an amazing platform. So people see it as a CRM product, but the main thing to understand is it's a platform where you can build any custom applications. And that's when I think uh, Australia or in the ANZ space, Salesforce is also expanding and a lot of enterprises and governments started uh, migrating to Salesforce cloud for either CRM or custom application development and moved in early 2010-11 into Salesforce space, gave us the right timing, especially for me as an individual to learn and practice and master. And then in 2015, we made the jump on our own to start tech for services I, that aligned in terms of timing as well. Yeah, so you sort of saw the trend in your own work, obviously cloud and then Salesforce is a leading organization in that space and then sort of rode that wave and positioned yourself and then as you're on your own, I, I guess, and as Salesforce keeps growing their capabilities, it grows what you can do and you sort of ride that uh, the growth of Salesforce by being closely aligned with them. Yeah, that's a great summary, in fact, yes. Okay, and then, I mean, are there other companies you sort of partner with or do you see yourself as quite sort of exclusively with Salesforce or how does the business model and the services work sort of beyond um, the Salesforce platform? Yeah, so that aligns again going back into the thinking of what's next, right? So we started Mm -hmm. following the data, right? So it's like uh, once you have your uh, CRM or application built in Salesforce and the data starts flowing around, we started picking up the other relevant technologies in and around. Mm-hmm. So we started with cloud CRM, that Salesforce, and then we started picking up integration capabilities as a core competency. Mm-hmm. And then once it moves from one system to another, integration is primary. And then it gets into your data warehousing, business intelligence side of things where you make insights out of the data. So we started picking up data analytics space as another core competency. And then all of these put together, you need to automate them so that mm-hmm. your operations team can deliver much more quicker. So that's the DevOps space. So those are the four key competencies which we started specializing in, expanding from a cloud application development space into integration, into data analytics, and then automating them through DevOps. So that's our four key competencies at this stage. And then we are partnered with Salesforce, AWS, Microsoft Azure. Mm and other relevant integration and data analytic partners to start supporting our customers in all of these core areas. 
Yeah, and a theme I guess I'm hearing through all this is is sort of your ability to spot and act on trends is a real key sort of uh, unique aspect for you. Seeing the trend in, in your own life of geographically where you wanted to go, seeing the trend in different technologies, seeing the trend in, in again maybe being out on your own and being a bit more agile than sort of very large companies or companies that don't have uh, big tech companies that don't have as much of the custom service side but more just create the product. And even now, you know, looking at the trends, like you said, in analytics, automation, all the APIs connecting together. So, so is that something you actively think about trends or you, you're always just sort of on the lookout for different trends or, or is this something you've sort of developed consciously to look for what's next or is it just your own curiosity and interest in you know, new and challenging things? It's a mix of everything again. So it's talking to the right people, gaining the insights, being in the network or community that I'm part of, thanks to all the great people that I get to work with. It's it's building on those insights, right? And working with customers, you start solving problems and then starting to discuss with them, hey, we solve this for you. What's next in your roadmap? What's your journey, right? So, and where else we can help you with or where else we can partner and work together in building another innovative solution. So. Those are the discussions which keeps triggering us to go in the right direction and pick up the right partnerships and train our staff as well to go in the right skilled path Mm. so that we can keep providing those innovative solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And so zooming out a bit to sort of entrepreneurship more broadly, speaking of sort of trends, what what trends do you see in entrepreneurship, startups, scale-ups, new businesses sort of in Australia? You know, what are Australian entrepreneurs companies doing well and maybe where are they um where do they have more room for improvement or where are they may be missing trends which they should be capitalizing on i think every industry is evolving with all the right technology solutions coming in and focused on our specific industry which is ict information and communication consulting space mm-hmm. the key trends is moving into cloud like a lot of transformations are happening so digital transformation is a much more uh, higher playground, right? And then if you narrow down, down into individual focus areas, probably migrating from legacy platforms or on-prem to cloud is, which started in the last five, six years is still growing. So that's one of the key areas of, of our focus. And then, like I said, the four pillars that we are specializing in is not just defined overnight. It's It's been discussed with a lot of our customers in enterprises and governments and then identifying where the need is. So that's how we picked up cloud integration, data analytics, and then DevOps, right? So all of these four are to us is emerging and Mm -hmm. it's also been a bit more matured, like it's not in early stages, right? So these are the trends which has been in place for the last five, six years, which is a bit more matured. So customers know what they are playing with. So you don't need to go and it's there are still another whole segment of emerging technologies which we can get into but we are kind of focusing on which is already well defined matured and customers know what they are buying in what they are building with so that mm-hmm. it it is an informed decision from both us as a technology and consulting provider and also for the customers who is going to be the end users of this 
Yeah, so it's, it's beyond that sort of early adopter phase at the cutting edge, but it's in that mass, like you said, big government departments, big companies. It's sort of you don't have to convince people about the cloud. It's a lot more in terms of, of doing the actual implementation and doing the work and customising it and, and delivering on that versus trying to, you know, again, maybe a decade ago, convince people that it's a good idea or discussing the merits of it and, and, and that stage. You feel it's, again, at that sort of early majority mass, even sort of majority sort of phase at the moment. Yep, yep. So the key fo- focus areas which I discussed in those four pillars and then in terms of our delivery capabilities on technology consulting space or either staffing solution space or product application development space across all those four, right? When you move into the product application space, that's where it's trying to identify how you can bring in the emerging technologies into these existing four mature areas, right? So in terms of either cloud or analytics or automation, how you can bring in AI or any ML piece of artificial intelligence and machine learning into these automation or cloud and analytics space and then help solve some of the most pressing business needs and automate them. So those are the other thinking concepts at this stage, how you can merge the emerging trends with already established and mature trends. Yeah, because you've got that, like you said, that sort of almost like that platform layer, you've got that aspect in place and then it's looking for new things to do on top of that versus a, a fundamental change. Again, once you've got that data, you've got those rocks in place, it's sort of adding the, like you said, machine learning or other capabilities and analysis on top of that. Yep, yep. Okay. So it all started with following the data, right? And then yeah. traversing with the data and then defining ourselves in where else we can contribute. Okay. And so looking back to your, like you said, you said maybe 18 or 20 year old self having been on this journey, moving countries and continents, working in different companies, working on different technologies, starting your own, going out on your own, building up your own business. What advice maybe would you give your 18 to 20 year old self about entrepreneurship, maybe career, running a business, technology? Probably one thing I can say is oh, just get started kind of mindset. <laughs> Right, which I never had. I always thought through at least few months, three to six months before making that bigger jump, which I'm not regretting too much because it helped us uh, in a right way. But to cut down that time and effort, if I could have made those decisions much more quicker, probably it would have helped us to speed up things. That's one thing that I can think of, which definitely is something Currently, I'm practicing mm-hmm. with all the information at hand, how quickly you can make those decisions, right? And prioritizing key tasks in your hand, right? So rather than multitasking and then losing focus, how best you can prioritize and then do your key priority items and then move on to the low priority ones. So is it it's sort of like your decision making framework has changed from maybe when you were earlier, or is it just you're more you're quicker to sort of say, let's make take action, let's jump in, let's do it rather than maybe before you're waiting for other people to go first? Or what's been the change around that decision making and, and taking action side? I think it's it's the maturity that we have now and also with a team of close to thirty people you get the flexibility to play around with different aspects, right? So like if if you reflect back when I got started, it's just one person and how much mm-hmm. bandwidth you have and mm. how much time or energy you have that you can spend compared to as a team, what we can do now. Right. So that's where we can try a few different things, explore a few different new areas. We have more liberty to try and fail now. Mm. 
compared to earlier, right? So we are able to make those decisions. Let's try this, uh, get a new consultant. Let's explore this, see if it works. Let's move into that direction if it works for us compared to what it was before. Yeah, because if it's just you, you don't want to bet your whole revenue or the whole business or client base on on something new and risky. But if you've got, like you said, you can bring in someone and experiment with something, but you're not uh, risking the, the core base of the business and your clients and things like that. There's an upside, but you're not risking sort of the loss of the entire system. Yep, yep. That basically comes with time and maturity, mm. right? So we have gone through that life cycle multiple times now. So we know where we can safely play, where we can uh, take risks. Hmm. And so what does the next five to 10 years look like for tech force services? Like what are your maybe medium to longer term goals or vision for the business? Great question. <laughs> One of the things which we are trying to keep expanding, I would say, is uh, going across Australia, right? So we started mm-hmm. from Sydney and now gone into Melbourne and then in Canberra now. So how we can take this to other regions in Australia and how we can start supporting some of the local governments and organizations within those states. That's our primary focus at this stage. And probably the next two to five years is expanding our current Melbourne and Canberra teams and also to start focusing in the new regions where we can provide our technology and staffing solutions. Okay, so does that look like a sort of Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth, or does it is it broader APAC like Singapore, or, or where are the sort of geographical expansion that you would sort of logically head to next? It's it's going to be primarily in Australia, mm-hmm. getting into South Australia, West Australia, probably North Northern side and Queensland. Mm-hmm. So once we establish our presence in Australia across all the key areas, and then if we prove ourselves as a national leader in Australia and technology and staffing space, then that that gives us much more confidence to go out and play outside Australia. But at, at this stage, the next two to five years is going to be primarily focused in Australia. Okay. And what about, like you mentioned a little bit, sort of machine learning, AI, and these other data-driven aspects you see. Are there areas you'd like to, to sort of add on additional services or even in the future create your own products or, or are there sort of, I guess, product level growth and expansion in the future in your plans beyond the geographical ex- expansion? Technology partnerships and innovation has always been the core mm-hmm. and that's always going to continue, right? So like I said, we started with Salesforce, we started expanding into AWS, Microsoft Azure, we started partnering with integration products, analytics products. And then all of these cloud technology platforms is now capable of providing AI and machine learning solutions in its own space, right? If you pick up the cloud analytics solutions that we are working with, the platforms itself has capabilities of those emerging trends. Mm-hmm. So it's upskilling our people in those additional areas within the current partners we are working with and then providing those innovative solutions to the customers. Definitely, yes, that's it was part of us, it will be part of us. <laughs> That's mm. how I see it. Technology solutions and innovations will always continue. And, and do you find the staff always sort of receptive, your engineers, your, your devs, your team on learning new technologies? Are they excited to sort of, again, take on a new engagement? Or is there sometimes a little bit of reluctance, like someone gets very good at something, they don't necessarily want to swap to something else? Or how do you sort of manage that? balance i guess between letting people go deep and sort of specializing versus also kind of progressing and doing new things and again changing their skills as the technologies change yep given the time and freedom definitely i've seen people excelling in their core areas that we expect them to operate on 
so even cross skilling right so if i get a consultant to work in different technology space which they were not used to before but if we give them the right learning curve and then the right support with the right time frame definitely they have proved us that they can deliver and in some places again it's trying and failing right so some places mm. it didn't work well so it's just making those adjustments and balancing the team moving between developers consultants project management and other support areas so how well we can balance the resources between all these core areas across different skill sets we have definitely that's something which is ongoing right so once you start talking to them regularly have those one on one conversations and then identify where they can excel what is their interest how you can help them mature in their career journey definitely it all comes together Mm. Excellent. Are there any sort of final words you'd like to leave the audience with or thoughts or any final message? I think we are in a great revolution times, right? So technology is moving so fast that it outpaces our capabilities. So it's just uh, identifying what keeps you interesting in the space and then pick up those trends like you said in the early discussion. So identifying those trends, one is what's going to work, the other one is what will keep you interested in that right so if you're if something is doing great but if you're not interested in it why why bother so it's identifying both right so your key interest areas and then what's happening in the technology space and then aligning those and identifying your future path will definitely help you achieve what you want to plan yeah excellent i think it's a great great uh, summation thanks so much fancy really appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck for the business Thanks, Derek. Thanks again for giving me this opportunity in the podcast. Definitely uh, happy to be part of this. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Future of Australia podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. To learn more about the Future of Australia project, check out futureofaustralia.com. To reach out to Derek directly, you can email derek at futureofaustralia.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at futureofaustralia.com.